Welcome to another episode of Courtside Take. I'm Kevin Haswell alongside Blake Pace. We have Michael Stearman on the pod today. He's a staff writer for Pure Sports Network and The Breeze. Excited to have him on. Blake, how you doing? Not bad. Uh, got another good week going. Trade deadline's behind us now. I know we got a few more games until the All-Star break. How about yourself? Pretty good. You know, the, the Sixers are playing well as of late. Um, you know, I think they move up in the standings. We'll, you know, talk about that later. But, you know, I'm doing pretty well. Michael, how you doing? Good. Uh, ready to talk some hoops. Uh, overanalyze the Cavaliers' win. Yep, Celtics, just like but, the, yeah, we can be, you know, the typical media today and overtalk the Cavs. So yeah, let's actually jump right into that. You know, the Cavs the trade deadline uh, was last Tuesday, Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Yeah, last Thursday, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it. Um, the Cavs actually got four new players and uh, dished out six. So mm-hmm. basically, a, a whole new team. But they looked really good against the Celtics yesterday. Start with you, Blake. You think this new look Cavs team really has a chance to, um, you know, challenge the Warriors and? Are they going to win the East? I, I think that they're, you know, injuries are always possible, but I think they're more shoe-ins to win the East now than they were before the trade deadline. They obviously, in my opinion, got a lot better. And I think that they did shorten the gap between them and Golden State. I mean, Golden State, they, they don't have, Cleveland doesn't have the firepower that Golden State has, but they, you know, they got fresher legs, um, you know, better players to fit around LeBron James, um, guys that don't need to dominate the ball to get their shots and to, you know, benefit the team and you know they also did a really nice job in um, preparing themselves for the future should LeBron go um, more and more rumors compare you know saying he's off to the Western Conference in LA maybe a couple teams in Texas um, I love what they did in getting you know guys that can help the team now but can also be you know potential um, starters or you know guys that can have bigger roles if LeBron was to leave Jordan Clarkson had an amazing game in Boston. I know we all want to look at that. They've had one game together, and it went really well. So, of course, we're going to say that it's been great so far. But he looked really well. Uh, Rodney Hood can be another great wing guy. I eventually see him actually starting over J.R. Smith, um, maybe come the you know last week of the regular season, maybe heading into the postseason. Um, nice energy guy off the bench in Larry Nance. Those are young guys that can you know make an impact now and can grow into bigger roles in the future. I love what Colby Altman did. He was aggressive at the trade deadline, and you know the stuff had to be done. And I, I think they're a much better team because of it. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you saw yesterday. I mean, LeBron only played three quarters, twenty four, ten, and eight. Yeah. You know, he's really efficient out there. Um, plus minus of twenty three. I mean, everyone was in, you know, positive plus minus except you know some of the end end of the bench guys. But you know, I really like 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 you said, I like the moves they made. Um, I think you know they got more balance down low with Larry Nance. I mean, he's going to provide. You know, uh, an aspect they didn't have. You know, uh, someone they could lob to um, mm-hmm. at the rim. Guy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah something good energy defender. Yeah, mm-hmm. something they didn't have. Um, Jordan Clarkson, you know, pro- provides them with transition scoring. I feel like that's something they didn't have. They're kind of a slow team, probably slower pace than you know most teams in the league. Um, and Jordan Clarkson, you know, speeds up the court a little bit. Rodney Hood, I, I love Rodney Hood as a pickup. You know, tall guy, um, can even slide into that power forward role um, if they want to go small lineup Six, against eight. the Warriors. Yeah. yeah, and he hits threes. Um, you know, nothing better. I mean, we've talked about this on the show, lefty shots, you know, nothing yeah. better than that. Um, and, and George Hill, I think, is, is the best guy they traded for because, you know, <clears throat> what they were missing the most was a point guard that played defense. Um, and, you know, George Hill yesterday, I, I believe the Celtics were one for ten um, when he was guarding the shooter, so you know he he plays great defense. Um, he he's played under the, he's played with the Spurs in the playoffs. So you know I, I like what he brings to this team, and I, I think they've really turned the corner. What about you, Michael? Um, yeah, I think the I, mean, I think the 
the biggest takeaway from the trades is that they had the clean house in the locker room. I, it was clear that Isaiah Thomas and LeBron couldn't play together. Um, it was. I mean, we're finding out now more recently that like LeBron didn't really even want Isaiah Thomas in the first place. He didn't want the Cavaliers to trade Kyrie. Uh, I think of like. I think George Hill on the Kings seemed like a very disinterested player, uh, but I think these a lot of all the guys they got Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson, um, Larry Nance Jr. They're all they've just a new energy playing for a, a title contending team. Um, the Rodney Hood, I mean, I love Rodney Hood, but I don't know this this trade puts him in a better position to keep LeBron in the off season. But if he leaves, some of these contracts that they took up aren't great contracts. So yeah. Jordan Clark. Clark Jordan Clarkson contract is not a great contract. They're going to have to take on, I think, $15 million. They were already above the luxury tax. Yeah. And after these trades, they're way they're above. Way um, you know, Dan Gilbert's really, you know, digging mm-hmm. into his pockets for these deals. And, and Rodney Hood, is he, he's a free agent after this year. I mean, a restricted free agent. But yeah. are they going to want to pay him? Because he's going to get... He's going to be around a $15 million yeah, guy it's, next it's year. It's going to be yeah. not a huge contract, but, you know, something yeah. that'll yeah. take into your, your cap. Uh, but I think it, it put him... It's, it's something they had to do. Uh, they had to trade at least... They had to get Isaiah Thomas out of there. I think they had to trade at least three to four players to put them in a better position. But yeah, I think they're more athletic. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to help them on defense. And like you said, even when they had, dating back to when they had Kyrie, the biggest problem of the Cavaliers is that they didn't have anyone that could defend at the point guard position. And when you know you're going to play the Warriors in the finals, that's something that you kind of just need to have under your belt. So I think George Hill is an asset in that. I love Larry Nance Jr. Great energy defender, just an energy player. I think Rodney Hood. I think Rodney Hood will be starting by the time yeah. the playoffs roll around. I think they're better equipped to make a run at the Warriors. Um, but it's really it's it's just still it's all. And point. we're and we're forgetting about Kevin Love. I mean, Kevin Love's mm-hmm. not even playing right yeah. now. And, yeah. and you know, we're going through this roster. What do you guys think about them keeping J.R. Smith? Do you think he was a cancer in that locker room, or do you think he's actually mm-hmm. good for this team? Because you know, there's six guys traded. Everyone except Wade basically was a cancer on that team. Um, and, and you know, people might say J.R. Smith, you know, because of his efforts. Um, over the last couple of years on the defensive side of the ball, maybe should have gone too. Do you think it was good for Cleveland to keep him around? I think that the reason that you didn't see J.R. Smith move was also part of his contract. Um, yeah. I think, you know, he's getting paid way too much. And I think, you know, it, it kind of would have been a situation like with a Dwayne Wade where if you wanted to move him, you weren't getting a quality player back. You were probably getting a second-round pick back at best. And I think the Cavs at the time saw his shooting and his size as, you know, more necessary to the team than a second-round pick, whereas Dwayne Wade's more of, you know, um, mid-range guy, not the best defender, doesn't have great length, um, and is getting a little bit older now. And so I think the reason, I mean, they probably tried to move J.R. Smith, um, and I, I see him fitting more on the bench alongside Kyle Korver eventually. Um, but I think, you know, with his contract and his age, he was kind of immovable. Yeah, the thing with J.R. Smith is I feel like throughout his career, he's played up to his team's team's level so if his team's playing really hard exactly. he plays really hard I mean you saw it when they beat the the Celtics or I mean beat the Celtics beat the Warriors um, in the finals two years ago I mean J.R. Smith was pretty essential in that mm-hmm. run um, and it was because you know the team was playing hard defensively and you know he was just in a bad situation this year I feel like you know they weren't playing defense so of course why would J.R. Smith be the only guy on the team playing mm-hmm. defense I mean you know, he's he's a very contagious shooter, too. So if the team's shooting very well, you know, J.R. Smith's going to catch fire, and he's going to hit, you know, yesterday, six or seven from the field, three or four from three. Great game out of him, plus 17, plus minus six rebounds. Uh, I, I think the Cavs got it right with the players they dealt. Um, I think they held on to the, the right guys culture-wise. Um, you know, Tristan Thompson, I feel like, was essential to keep. I think on the offensive boards, he provides something that they couldn't have gotten on the trade market. But, Michael, what do you think about, you know, the players they kept on this roster? Uh, well, I, I, I let me they can't trade the entire team. So, you know, there's gonna they're gonna keep someone. Uh I think a whole like J.R. Smith, you know, he he probably was um 
detrimental to the locker room. But that's not on J.R. Smith only. I think that's just the main thing was they had to move Isaiah Thomas. And that was just the biggest thing. I think Tristan Thompson, I think they could have dealt him. Uh, I think especially when you get Larry Nance Jr. I mean, he's not the offensive rebounder that Larry Nance Jr. is, but he's a more explosive player. I see him. He's going to be taking a lot of his minutes. Um, but it, I think it's still a lot of this goes back to what. how are you going to play against the Warriors? And I think the players that they got is just, you know, like you have to have energy. You can't have the – the Warriors are going to out, out – they're going to play faster than you. And Tristan Thompson, I mean, he's – he has that toughness that you need to beat the Warriors. I think that's why the Thunder are probably the best team yeah. equipped to beat the um, the Warriors, mm-hmm. them and the Rockets. But I just think... Because they have Steven Adams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they provide that toughness that you need to beat the Warriors. But I think they needed players like Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. It allows them to switch more, which is something that you have to be able to do against the Wizards or the Warriors when they're completely positionless. positionless. Uh, I think dealing Iman Shumper, uh, another guy that's just hitting a, a steady decline. Uh, I think it was either like him. It was a, it was a quick decline. He was once yeah. regarded as one of the best defenders in basketball. Yeah. And, you know, they couldn't even put him on the court this year. He was so bad. A couple bad injuries. Torn ACL when he was in New York. It kind of just never went to his favor. He was a really athletic guy. He was really good the first year or two in Cleveland. Really, I mean, he really good. he would just defense. strap wing defense, wing, yeah. wings. So, I mean, yeah. he, he was great. And then, you know, once the offense, I mean, it seemed like he couldn't buy a three-pointer the last three years. So, um, if you can't shoot on the offensive end, you can't really have a value on that. I also think Jay Crowder was court. severely underperforming on the Cavaliers. I don't think he's that great of a player in the first place, but I think he even I mean even on the Jazz is not going to be a contender. But I think he'll have. I don't know. The Jazz have won career. nine in a row. They have, yeah. But I mean, they're yeah. They have they have <laughs> won nine in a row, but they're not they're not going. So the big question: What are they not in the nine seed right now? Yeah, I think they're right outside the eight. Uh huh. Yeah, they're making a push. Um. So my big question with this is then with this new lineup. Um, say say you're facing the Golden State death lineup where you've got Iguodala at the three, Kevin Durant at the four, Draymond at the five, or have them switched. Um, what's your like matchup for that if you're Cleveland? Like, where are you putting your players matching up against that lineup? See, you can't play. I don't think you could play Tristan. Thompson. See, that's exactly. that's the one thing I thought. Yeah. It's the one thing I thought this. Um, you know, before they made the trade, was that Drake Cra- going back to the the Cavs Celtics trade? Sorry, I'm getting a little tied up right here. Um. The, Jay, getting Jay Crowder was probably the best part of that trade, I thought, at first, because, you know, against the Warriors, you need as many wing defenders as you can. And I think, I thought Jay Crowder was a great 3 and D guy. I mean, obviously, he did not live up to that um, this year. And, you know, losing him might be a problem because I don't know who I see. I mean, Jeff Green's not, a, you know, a great defender. Um, Rodney Hood, I mean, maybe he can step it up a little bit and play good D, but I don't see a lot of wing defenders on this team. I think LeBron's going to have to guard Durant. Um, mm-hmm. If the Warriors play, I mean, George Hill's obviously going to be guarding. Um, George Hill's going to be guarding Steph, and then Jordan Clarkson on Clay Thompson. I mean, Tristan Thompson on Draymond Green. I mean, I, I don't know where the lineups you yeah. know really what present you, themselves. What would you put it as? Uh, well, just going back to what you said about LeBron. This is just a real quick tangent about LeBron. Probably has to guard Kevin Durant. Last year in the finals, you saw LeBron led the league in minutes per game, and he was gassed. In the finals. So, like, if the Cavaliers are going to, at this point, look like they're going to concede the number one seed, I think they're probably, like, six games back from the Celtics or something like that. Like, LeBron is third in the league right now in minutes per game. I, I don't Six games back. I don't understand why they're... He, I know, like, for them to be successful, LeBron has to have the ball in his hands a lot of the time. But I just think if they're going to concede home court advantage to the, to the Celtics, um, LeBron needs to play less minutes. But going back to what you were saying, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I like, I like George Hill... Uh, LeBron is obviously going to play. 
I think you have to move Kevin Love to the five and you put Larry Nance Jr. at the four mm-hmm. and then you probably have Jordan Clarkson at the two. You have Tristan Thompson come off the bench. Yeah, and, and then maybe even Rod, in Rodney Hood depending on how like everyone else is playing defensively. Like, that's not a great defensive lineup, but it just comes down to more of how hard they're going to play defensively. Because even when the, like, the Cavaliers this past season, they weren't a great defensive lineup, but they also weren't playing hard at all. They were very disinterested. Mm-hmm. I think just adding all these these young energy players is is just going to... It's just going to provide the defense with a spark. Because, I mean, we know the offense is great. But if you come into playing Golden State with a below-average defense, like, you're toast. Like, if you have an average defense, like, you can hope that, like, there's a chance you could win. But if you have a below-average defense, they're going to score every time on you. Yeah, the one problem I see with, you know, everyone wants to shift these new four players in the starting lineup with LeBron and just make that the starting lineup. <laughs> yeah. But that's just not how it works. I feel like, you know, they need some some jump off the bench. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think Jordan Clarkson kind of needs to stay on the bench. Um, I... I you know, he, he's more than capable of starting on this team, but at the same time, I feel like they need that, you know, sixth-man scorer, and I feel like he can easily be that for this team. So where do you put Rodney Hood? See, Rodney Hood, for me, I think he could play three or four on this team, honestly. I mean, he can play if you're, two, if you're, yeah, honestly. you can play two to four. I, I mean, against the Warriors, you're going to play more small lineups. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they don't have yeah, a big – they don't have a big here that's going to, you know, make them – make the Warriors play big lineups. Um, let's say like the Pelicans, right? Yeah. If they had both their big men, they would make the Warriors play a big lineup. They wouldn't play their small lineup. But the Cavs don't have anyone that's that scary down low. So the Warriors are going to go with their small lineup. And then in that case, I mean, I feel like you have to put Rodney Hood in that starting lineup. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, it'll be interesting because even Kevin loves a liability against the Warriors. I mean, yeah. it's not quick up and down the floor. Yeah, you just need as much length as you can get to, you know, get all those switches, uh, you know, on different pick and roll situations, different pick and pops. Um, and so that's, yeah, I agree. I think you have to put Rodney Hood out there. You know, he can, you know, he's played the two <coughs> guard basically his entire career in Utah and he's six foot eight. You know, that's someone you can slide to a three and put on Iguodala, who's not the greatest offensive talent. And so you don't need your best defensive player on him. I think, you know, LeBron and Kevin Durant, hopefully LeBron stays, you know, is better rested if this finals come around. Um, and then, you know, George Hill um, on Steph, I think is, you know, good length. You know, the speed isn't there, but um, I, I think that he can, you know, do a good job defending Steph. Um, and then the question at the two, you know, who are you putting on Clay Thompson? You know, a couple of years ago, that'd be where you'd slide him on Shumperton. But like we said, you know, he's yeah. gone and, you know, he's been on a steep decline. So I think figuring out who you put on Clay Thompson really makes the difference in that starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Rodney Hood's also in a contract year. So he's going to give everything he has every game. That's like, true. I think that's one of the reasons Isaiah Thomas, that experiment didn't work out very well either for the team is because he's in a contract year too. And he's a guy who's like, been. he's always said like, I'm deserving of a big contract. So he's going to come into games. He's going to want more shots than the Cavaliers are going to give him. I think that's part of the reason that didn't really work. Yeah. And that's the biggest problem because like, even with, um, even with Jay Crowder, you have two guys that last year were a number one seed in the East, you know, battling against LeBron. Yeah, it didn't work, but you come over there and you have this, this aura like, Oh, I've been here before. Isaiah Thomas is, Hey, I scored more points a game last season than LeBron James. I he's like he said he's like LeBron's one. Yeah. I'm one A. When you bring in these guys like Rodney Hood, Clarkson, and Nance, these guys mm-hmm. have only experienced you know losing from you know the majority of their careers, mm-hmm. and now they get to learn from one of the greatest basketball players of all time. They're going to be that much more into buying into the system. How can I be the Robin to your Batman? And so this is just such yeah. a better fit. Yeah. Yeah. The the. Best thing I saw was when the trades first went through. George Hill's first quote was, "You know, LeBron's Batman. And we're all a bunch of robbers." Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the mentality that players have to have when they play with LeBron James. 
if you're going to walk in and look at LeBron, you know, one of the greatest basketball players of all time and say, hey, I'm just as good as you. I'm going to score as much as you. You know, this is my team just yeah. as much as it's yours. It's not going to work out. I mean, when LeBron went to the Miami Heat, that that's not what happened. Dwayne Wade gave him the team because it's, yeah. it's LeBron's team. It's, you know, that's the only way they're going to succeed. And that's why they didn't play well because, you know, Isaiah Thomas didn't feel like it was his team. So why would he try on defense? And that's he's not getting his shots. I mean, he's going to force up shots. Like, it, I'll let you talk in a second. Sorry. No, yeah. You know, he was taking all these bad shots because he's trying to run up his numbers. He's trying to get that contract this offseason. And, you know, LeBron's just not having that. You know, LeBron's the player that wants all of his teammates to play efficiently. You know, he wants them to be a cohesive unit around him. Um, and they, they just didn't have that. And I like that, you know, these guys just come in and they know how to play with LeBron. They're veterans. They've, you know, um, to say they're veterans is far-fetched. But, you know, they've been here three or four years. So they know this is LeBron's team. Um, they, they're going to come in and they're going to, you know, help him be, take them to, you know, the promised land. And, you know, I, I like what George Hill said. So. Um, yeah, but uh, what you were talking about, how, like, if you come into a team with LeBron and say, like, I'm 1A, like, that's what happened with Kyrie Irving. That's why Kyrie Irving left, is because yeah. he felt like, I'm, go- I'm good but, enough to but, be a champion. But obviously for years, Kyrie was like, hey, was hey, I'm the Ro- hey, I'm the Robin, that's fine. I'm going to still get my 20 to 22 a game. I'm going to shoot efficiently. And, you know, I, I, I feel like he's going to shoot over the next couple of years. Kyrie Irving's efficiency is going to go down. Um, mm-hmm. Just because he's not playing with LeBron, he doesn't have that guy that can set him up all the time. Um, you know, it might not be showing this year, but I think over time it does. Uh, but you know, Kyrie sat the you know sat. But that's in the why back. he like. That's why he wanted to leave. Kyrie right? was fine was like, being in the backseat. He was, but then like he sort of just realized like I'm good enough to, to be the to be the, the number one but, dog. On but and he knew he couldn't do that in Cleveland. Exactly. But that's Isaiah Thomas, just... you know, walked in the locker room and was like, "Listen, LeBron, I'm taking the shots. Yeah. I'm the man here." And he's like. Bro, you're like a top 20 player. Yeah, I mean, Isaiah Thomas is 20. not on the level of Kyrie Irving by any means, yeah, in my he's opinion. Not. There's, a reason, there's a reason they packaged Isaiah Thomas with Jay Crowder with a first-round uh, top 10 pick exactly. for just Kyrie. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, I mean, he's he's more fit to be the role of like – I think he was just heavily inflated from the Brad Stevens offense. And, and there is no – like you saw last year. I mean, I think I saw a statistic since Brad Stevens has been the head coach. They've been a great defensive team. Offensive rating is between 23rd and 25th in the NBA in those couple of seasons. So when you have one guy who just takes a bunch of shots, that's going to elevate yeah. you know, your play. There was no offensive guys around him that could really get buckets. So that's why he had so much success in Boston. But that was one season. I mean, before that, it was, you know, he had to grind to, you know, do a little bit better in Sacramento and then Phoenix. And then Boston, he had this one big showing, went to Cleveland and it just wasn't there because he can't work off the ball and he needs to be a dominant yeah. guy, but that's not an efficient way to play basketball. So I really think Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, if, if he had stayed in Boston, if they had wanted him there, he could have made some money. I think that he has just completely, he's lost, you know, in my opinion, you know, like $100 million this season. Yeah, because, I mean, here's the thing. At yeah, the end of the day, it's crazy like, Le- to see someone's value go down that much so just between two seasons. Le- LeBron yeah. is the dominant ball handler on whatever team. He's bringing the ball up. Yeah. He's facilitating the offense. And rightfully and, so. And Isaiah Thomas is just not a spot-up shooter. That's, that was the main problem. I mean, you look at, and was he, he wasn't even willing to try to become a spot-up shooter. I mean, George Hill's actually leading the NBA in three-point percentage. So that's a great fit. Um, Jordan Clarkson is one of the best players in the NBA from a spot-up shot or spot-up three-pointer. So, I mean, it's a win-win for LeBron. These are two good players, and not to mention both of them will try hard on defense. So, you know, uh, Isaiah Thomas, I think at the end of the day, his career went downhill. I mean, uh, yeah. he'll go to the Lakers, right? He might put up some numbers, 
But this offseason, who's willing to give that guy a max contract? No one. No one. Yeah. Because you can't really put guys to side him. I mean, great, you give him a max contract. If you're the Lakers, you give him a max contract and maybe you give PG. Don't think that's a good fit. There's no, you know, not, I mean, not stay at the Lakers. that's too ball down. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like a team with a max slot, yeah. like the Lakers. Like, why would you give him a max? And that's what he's. That's what he's gonna want. I mean, he thinks he's like a top five player in the NBA, which he's clearly not. He's like five foot six, can't play defense. Yeah. Only good with the ball in his hands. Yeah. Not a good passer. Not a good defender. He's I mean, more. I'm his just going his for days. role yeah. is like is like what you get from like a Jamal Crawford. You know, a six-man off the bench that can create some offense. Jamal Crawford does a great job with the ball in his hands coming off the second unit, can lead the second unit. Jamal be, Crawford's over six foot tall, though. Yeah, exactly. The, and the, the other difference is that Jamal Crawford doesn't have the ego that Isaiah Thomas yeah. has. Jamal Crawford knows his role, and that's why he's so good at it. Isaiah Thomas is, I'm a top-five scorer in the league. Let me shoot it every time. He needs to realize what his role in the league is going to be adjust to that and then I think you know he can have a manageable career off the bench yeah so last thing about the Cavs I'm just excited to see how efficient LeBron's going to be the rest of the year because I feel like yeah you know he had to do everything this year um you know he's playing close to 40 minutes a game um averaging almost a triple double I mean he's done everything for this team and now you know he can almost just take a back seat you saw it yesterday uh you know he he put in his work in 20 28 minutes um almost a triple double but after that you know he got his rest he let everyone else go to work and uh, you know, I'm excited because I yeah. think if a well-rested LeBron come playoff time, it's bad news for the rest of the league. I'm real quick just about the trades. I know it made them better for this season, but for the Cavaliers long term, I like they've got 31 mil, 31 and a half million wrapped up in uh, Clarkson and Hill. Uh, yeah, Rodney Hood is a ludicrous free agent. It's a ludicrous the deal. Only for the real future. trade that I like for their long term is Larry Nance Jr. because he's not on a huge contract and he's a good he's he's like a good player for the contract he has. I think LeBron is. I think they're going to lose in the finals. Uh, I think they're probably going to lose in five, five games. games. Yeah, and I think LeBron's probably going to go to Houston. My my only Houston thing is Houston Houston he's going to leave. I think I think I think he's going to go to Houston. I yeah. think if I think I don't think he's going thing. to the Lakers. If, if, it, really? uh, if him and Paul if Paul George commits to go to the Lakers, I think he goes to the Lakers. I didn't think that but there. you don't think Paul George is there? I don't think Paul George is comfortable in OKC. Well, it, it took, with Melo, with an aging Melo and uh, Russell Westbrook that needs the ball to succeed. But he loves like him and Russell Westbrook have. Paul George is to the second half of the season so far has like they've they're, started they're started figuring it out. I don't yeah, like, really like Melo on that team. That's the problem. Stop. If I'm there, I'm like Melo too much. He's 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 been adjusting in the Mello's second half. Like, we can talk about my I wanted to go back real quick to what you said about, you know, past this season, the Cleveland's Cleveland situation. I think that they're yes, they have a lot of money tied up. I think they're in a much better position than they would have been if they had not made any trades at all. Because you were gonna lose LeBron either way. And now, yes, you're paying them, but you have guys that, like Isaiah Thomas, in my opinion, in Cleveland doesn't fit as the number one scoring option. So you were either going to yeah. lose him for nothing or, you know, get some pieces for mm-hmm. him. Kevin Love, you know, if you want to move on from him, you know, if, if LeBron leaves, to me, that's too much to be paying Kevin Love to, to be the power forward for the Cavs. I would try and move him, you know, maybe transition Larry Nance to that starting power forward position. I, I understand you got money tied up to George Hill. That contract is large and Clarkson as well. But I think that they're younger guys that have potential to grow, and especially Rodney Hood. I think you have to do whatever you can to keep him. Um, yes, it's his contract season, mm-hmm. but I, it's restricted, so you can keep him and go over um, into the luxury even more. I just would have been so worried if they had not made any moves, yeah. lose LeBron, and then you're stuck with a, a lineup of, of you know, Isaiah Thomas, J.R. Smith, Amon Shumpert, well, Tristan Thomas. Thompson. Yeah, you would have ended up yeah. losing him, but or, or you would have had to pay him because then – you lose him for nothing yeah. rather than getting something in return. I mean, if they didn't make any moves, I'd like 
LeBron would be for Shirley. Oh, yeah. If Isaiah Thomas and LeBron were in the locker room for like one more day, like someone was going to have a fight. Yeah, it was a problem. And they, and they would have lost, I mean, they would have lost Isaiah Thomas too because they're not re-signing yeah. Isaiah Thomas no. after that. Do, I mean. do you think like LeBron, or I also, like, how much do you read into that game against the Celtics? Because I, I always, like games were like, there was like LeBron and the entire team like really had something to prove that game. And when teams go in with that mentality, like generally like they, they play pretty well. And so it's a really small sample size, but I like, I mean, we have to see. I think the pieces they do fit, but I don't think this team is like, like, like it's significantly better. I think they're better, but I don't know like if they like how much it pushed them over the edge. I thought they were going to win the East regardless, but I, see, I, I, don't I buy into it simply off the fact that you know all these guys played below thirty minutes this week or in this game. So mm-hmm. I think over time, you know, they're yeah. going to grow and they're going to play thirty minutes, upwards of thirty minutes a game and. You know, you're going to see some of the best players play. You're going to see Seti Osmond, you know, drop to the bottom of that roster. Jetty Osmond. Yeah. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's so cool. Uh, my new yeah, favorite he's, he's player, Jetty Osmond. He's uh, LeBron's favorite fan on the bench. Every time LeBron <laughs> dunks, you see him like, <laughs> everyone's like, bro, like, get your hands off me. But, uh, but yeah, no, going back to it, I think, you know, this team has room for growth. And the fact that they only played like 20, 25 minutes today and they won by uh, 22 on the road in Boston, I mean – can't ask for much more than that. And sometimes when it you know it, it turns into that huge blowout by the second by the end of the second quarter, or the start of the second half, then you know it's basically over. So you know that lead grew because of you know Boston was yeah. just like oh this is a loss that happens a lot in the NBA. I would say it's the best way to start with these guys if they had started. I mean yes, it would have been nice to see if you know them in a clutch situation and have them pull it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know that's a great chemistry building moment. But I think you know. The energy in the locker room just from that one initial game beating, you know, what people kept saying for all this time is the best team in the Eastern Conference. To go out there and and beat them by that much, I think it's, you know, the perfect start that they needed for yeah. this new regime. And all the guys that they brought in, are like, they're excited to play. You exactly. know, like they're excited to play on a contender. They're excited to learn from the LeBron. Like, you can't put a price on that. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's quickly go through a team. Uh, we'll each pick a team that... You know, which team screwed up not trading their top player? Um, you know, there, there's a lot of options out there. Blake, we'll start with you. Which team do you think screwed up the most at the trade deadline? Um, I think the biggest uh, screw-up would probably I'd, – I'd look at Memphis, and I'd say Tyreek Evans. Um, the, the, the market wasn't big for him. Um, apparently, there wasn't offers of a first-round pick. But when you've got a guy that is having his a career year in, in his by his standards, but is a guy that has had – severe injury concerns and your team is going in the worst direction possible um, I think Memphis is you know screwed for the next few years just because they're paying so many guys so much money and the, it, yeah. it just isn't working so now that you kept Tyreek Evans you have to pay him if you want him to stay and he's he's having an amazing year so he's going to demand that money in the free agent market and I think that some return even if it was a second round pick and a young player that is way better than you know having to pay a guy who's getting towards you know the the second part of his career you know he's got bad injury history i would have rather gotten the smallest return possible than to end up either having to pay him and you know furthering your issues with cap space or just letting him walk away for nothing that would be my biggest one yeah you know obviously a bad move for the grizzlies cuz you know, there was reports out there they wanted a first-round pick. If they would have gotten the first-round pick, they would have traded exactly. Tyreek Evans. So, um, you know, you might as well have gotten something for him. He's not part yeah. of the future. Um, now they're just going to let him walk in free agency. So, you know, not a great move. What about you, Michael? Um, well, I would have liked to – I know this is kind of like a blockbuster deal that just probably wouldn't happen just because of logistics. But I think the Boston Celtics could have made a move for uh, Anthony Davis. 
Um, I think if they had traded Jason Tatum and uh, Al Horford and one of their fir- the 2018 first-round pick from the Lakers, uh, they could have gotten Anthony Davis. And to make the one-way work, um, Rajon Rondo. You know, like Danny Ainge has never been shy from making moves. Uh, I mean, it probably was the conservative move just to wait. Because we still don't know how good Jason Tatum can be yeah. or Jalen Brown. But if you have a shot at Anthony Davis, who is like a top five NBA player, like if you put Anthony Davis on the Celtics right now, like where, like how how do you think they stack? I think they they win the East. Yeah, um, In my opinion. I, think I don't know. See, here's the thing: the if you're giving away Al Horford, Jason, and Jason Tatum, that's mm-hmm. really tough for me to just jump them above above the Cavs. I mean, but I think Jason I think, Tatum's you know one of the best blooming three and D guys in the NBA. I mean, but I think what the, the Boston has both of that. Well, I would rather Jaylen, give up Jason Tatum than Jalen Brown. I don't know. That's, I, that's, that's Brown quite the more. I'd rather give up Jalen Brown. Oh, really? Opinion. Yeah. Jason Tatum's. I mean. His, his 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 ceiling's higher. I feel like I think since offensively, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but, and defensively, I mean, Jason Tatum can build. No, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is oh, his solid. Come on. Dude, he's a solid. shooting guard. He's like, wow, he's, I, and he's like six ten. Um, no, I agree. That trade, that trade is is so interesting, and I honestly, I'd fully expect that to happen next season towards the trade mm-hmm. deadline. I think you know, Danny, maybe that may be something that they were really looking at, but. You know, a year from now, you'll have seen, you know, the growth of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. So you'll know for a fact yeah. that these guys, you know, you're not just trading for a guy who's played half a season. Um, and the Celtics will have Gordon Hayward back, so they'll be more than willing to trade one of those guys away, in my opinion, should Gordon Hayward come back healthy. Um, Al Horford is the only problem is, like, in the next season, how far is his drop-off going to be? He's getting older. But, you know, unfortunately... Oh, I guess they're also missing out on their picks. You know, if you've got the three first-round picks this year, that's that's kind of hard to. Um, so maybe this is something that has to come towards the the, the NBA draft. But I'm, I'd love to see that. Trade. I mean, the like you, the Celtics. This is how they've re, they've they've like rebuilt in the best possible way. They've stayed relevant, but they've also just gained assets and assets. But this is what you do with them. Like you when you them. have the amount that you like a, a good amount, you just don't keep getting first round picks and first round picks. Eventually, you make a move with them, and I think it's on a, pl- a type of player like an Anthony Davis. I mean, there's always injury concerns. He's got a fat contract, but I also think the Celtic or the Pelicans were maybe a little hesitant just because of the Demarcus Cousins injury. Um, there's a lot of unknowns, you know. Like you don't know how Gordon Hayward's going to come back. Like you want to see. You don't know. Like you, you mentioned it, uh, how these rookies are going to develop. Like there's a lot of unknowns. It, it kind of would have been jumping the gun. But I don't know. See, see, the deal you presented was basically the best player of last year's draft by far. I mm-hmm. mean, name a better player from the last year's draft. I mean, Josh Jackson's coming Marshall around a little bit right now, but Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz, no, <laughs> biggest bust of the draft so far. I mean, he'll probably come back next year. We'll see. Um, I mean, if you if you're a rookie for the Sixers, you have to redshirt the season. Yeah, you got to redshirt the season. And you know, at this point, if they're going to bring him back, that's a, a topic for another time. Um, but you know, going back to that, I mean, you're basically training. The number one pick from last year's draft, uh, the uh, first round pick from the Lakers, and Al Horford and Jason Tatum. Or no, oh, I mentioned just, Jason Al, just Al Horford and Jason so, Tatum. So I mean, without the pick, um, see, yeah. I I don't know. See, Anthony Davis is great and all, but like if you defeat your depth to the playoffs, what's the point of making the deal? Well, I think uh, I think Al Horford's value is. I think not, he's the most valuable player on that on that team. Well, I think it's to in, that team. I think just the way the offense works is, is his value is kind of inflated. I think if he went to another team, his production wouldn't be nearly what it is. I think just the way he fits into the offense, it works so well. Uh, yeah, but I, I think, think the, the pick and roll combinations with Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis would be like thing. unreal. Like, what, what, what? How do you defend that? But you're right. I think just the fact. I maybe I think I would rather give up Jalen Brown than Jason Tatum. Um, but man, like if you have Anthony Davis on that team, so let's think of what that starting line would be. It would be um, 
So uh, Kyrie Irving at the one. Um, who are they starting at the two? It's um, or Jalen Brown. Vinny Honestly, Jones. I might think about starting Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier's been oh, filthy lately. Marcus Smart is still, you know, a solid guy. So say you trade. Say you trade instead of you trading Jason Tatum, you trade Jalen Brown. So you have Kyrie Irving at the one, um, Terry Rozier at the two, Jason Tatum at the three. Um, who 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 did they play at the four? Well, they've got Morris back in there. Now. Morris, and then you have and then Anthony Davis. Like I don't know. See that team like. You, regardless, you gave up wing defenders, which wing defenders are you the biggest a, key you gave up a wing to beating defender. the. Okay, you give up probably your best wing defend, wing defender, for you Jason know, and, and him or Jalen Brown. I so mean, it's either or. Um, but and then next season you get Gordon Hayward back. Yeah. So that so in my let me ask you this: Do This is a trade that, that might happen. But I'm saying this season, right this season, this yeah, season. Would yeah. yeah. you consider yeah. Kevin Love a top ten player? No, no. So, Kevin loves so the top thirty. Player. If you made that trade, you've got Kyrie. You've got two top ten players in Boston, and you've got you know. I mean, you've got the number one in Cleveland. But, but LeBron's worth like three top ten yeah, players. That's also very true. But yeah. I don't I mean, know. Like, I just feel like beating LeBron's not like just this simple feat. I mean, yeah. I, there's a reason he's been the seven straight finals. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, we'll agree to disagree on that. Um, let's move on. The Rockets. Uh, you know, with some buyouts, um, they got Brandon Wright and Joe Johnson in the last, you know, 48 hours. Blake, do you think that positions them better to beat the Warriors, or do you think the Rockets are still, you know, a step behind? I love what the Rockets are doing. I think, you know, this is another situation where you've got Mike D'Antoni running his offense in a situation where it's meant to work with Chris Paul, James Harden. You know, yeah, I'm not the biggest Ryan Anderson, Trevor Ariza fans. I love Clint Capella um, at center. I think he's one of the bright uh, young centers in the league. Um, uh, and, and just adding this depth, adding ISO Joe, Brandon Wright, you know, you're just, you're just gearing up for an Eastern conference finals matchup Western. with, or Western conference finals matchup with golden state. And, you know, little by little, they're just, you're, they're proving that they can't be slept on. I mean, I, I think that the one thing my concern would be with, with the warriors is, you know, their bench forwards and centers. I'm not the biggest JaVale McGee fan, um, Andre Iguodala is getting older. Jordan Bell is still a rookie. I, you know, but I think you know putting you know Joe Johnson on the bench for um, for Houston. Brandon Wright is a backup center. I think these are are really sneaky moves that could you know play big into the Western Conference Finals. Michael, what do you think? Uh, well, I mean, there's no denying that Joe Johnson's on a decline. He's only shooting 27 percent from three this year. Uh, I think he's got the playoff experience though, and I think I could I like I guarantee like you're going to see him in a playoff game come off. And he's going to hit a big shot just because he's been there before. He did it last year with, you know? with, uh, yeah, with the Jazz. The Clippers, yeah. Clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think when you just – I mean, they got a, a pretty decent price. I think um, buying out – or I think just Brandon Wright is a great energy player. And, like, that's something when you bring off the bench. Like, that's, like, what I was talking about, like, that trademark toughness and energy that you need to beat the Warriors. Um, I just would – I Joe Johnson, like, I don't think he's going to have as big an impact as people think. But I think – there will be situations where he's just going to come off and just because of his experience. And, like, he makes clutch shots. Like, he does. Like, there will be situations where James Harden is going to the rim and he just can't get a shot off and he's going to kick it out to Joe Johnson and Joe Johnson's going to hit a big three. And because that's what he's done his entire career. I like the moves. I don't think that's what, like, that doesn't, like, inch him significantly closer to the Warriors. I think they're good enough to beat the Warriors in a Mm seven-game series right now. Yeah. Because I just think that the way they play, I mean, they play the kind of the same style I think they need to push the pace against the Warriors, honestly, because the Warriors are they, they play fast and they make threes, but they're a much better defensive team than Houston is. I mean, that's that's tough. I mean, playing the Warriors at a fast pace, I mean, they put up twelve and but that's how Houston seconds. plays. Like Houston's like we're we're good enough to play all yeah, style but, against the Warriors. But you know what I mean? we've seen it in the playoffs. I mean, 
the Warriors are much more consistent come playoff time than some of the players on the Warriors. So. Yeah, I think like ten times or like nine times out of ten, the Warriors are going to win in a seven game series. But, but I you think you the, the Rockets are good enough; they can get it done. Yeah, and I don't see a good matchup in on the Golden State roster for Clint Capella. I, I really don't think that Zaza or JaVale and Draymond is too small, in my opinion, to you know do a good yeah. job against Clint Capella. I think you know, like I think he put up; he had a twenty-five plus rebound game last week. He's very well capable of you know just out hustling all the big men in Houston, getting offensive boards, put back dunks, kind of like you said about, you know, hey, Tristan Thompson's value. Don't so, fake on Zaza Pachulia. Listen, I get Zaza. He's, <laughs> what is that guy's vertical? His, his claim to fame is, you know, breaking Kawhi Leonard out of San Antonio now. But um, I really think that, you know, in my opinion, Houston's the most equipped, more equipped than Cleveland to take down um, the Warriors, and it'll be an amazing Western I, Conference. I mean, look at when the, the Thunder took the war, the Warriors to seven games yeah. in 2016. Mm-hmm. It was like Stephen Adams Had just an like pushed guys series. around, and yeah. like that's how they beat. That's how the Thunder beat the Spurs in the series before that. Mm-hmm. If you have these just big energy guys that are just but, bigger, like it's just kind of fundamental basketball. But, but like Clint's not. Let's not get this mistaken. Clint Capella is not a post scorer. No, he's, not, he's, but, a lob, no, he's a lob. He's a lob guy and a good rebound. But neither was Stephen and he Adams. can't shoot a free throw. Neither he was can't Steve shoot a free throw. So, so I mean, yes, while they don't have someone of his caliber, his size, you know, to maybe guard him in the post, he doesn't have post moves. His only move is to you know guard the rim. I mean, Draymond Green would, wouldn't even be guarding him. Draymond Green would be on someone else. I feel like. Um, but my thing is, the Warriors have the best neutralizer for James Harden, and that's Clay Thompson. I mean, you put Clay Thompson on James Harden, that's. That's one of the best matchups I've seen in years. Yeah, so. the only other one would be Kawhi Leonard putting him on. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. The Western Conference playoffs, I, in my opinion, is going to be so much more interesting than the finals and way more interesting than the Eastern Conference playoffs. I don't know. See, before these trades went down with the Cavs, I thought the Eastern Conference was going to be, you know, as far from chalk as possible, and the Western Conference is going to be chalk. <laughs> I just feel like the Warriors are going to, at the end of the day, the Warriors are going to be in the finals. I, I mean... I would be willing to bet with either of you guys that they're in the finals. They're, in the, they're I, going to be I'm in the finals. I'm not going to bet against them. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, what kind of odds are we talking? No one, would, no one, no <laughs> odds. Straight up. I mean, no one would put money on the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, or put it against the Warriors. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. But we'll move on to our last topic of the day. Um, let me pull it up real quick. Dark horse teams who can make a push to the playoffs before the All Star break. Michael, we've been going to Blake all day, so we'll start with you. Well, and we talked about the Utah Jazz. Um, I think oh, Donovan Mitchell has been doing this season. It's just been so amazing. I think he wins uh, the dunk contest. <laughs> yeah, he very well could. Um, I think that the um, it depends how because you know um, Rudy Gobert has been in and out of the lineup, but I think that's a team that when they they have not they have like not chemistry like the chemistry developed, but they've like been together for a while. I mean, besides they lost Gordon Hayward, but a lot of those players have been together for a good time, and I think they're well coached. I think Quinn Snyder is a very good coach. Um, I could see them making a push to the playoffs. Um, right now, I, who's I think that the, the Pistons are just like everyone's that's, answer because yeah, just like they're sitting out right outside the playoff. Yeah, line I love got, the the two man the high post low post game that they can play with Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. Um, I mean, Andre Drummond's basically you know a a clone of DeAndre Jordan, so it's just like a really yeah. good fit. I th- I mean I would I, yeah yeah I, I mean I Drummond's better Drummond's better, better passing yeah. ability stuff like that. Yeah, I think he's more a little more skilled. I, but I don't know why. Side note, he's in like the the uh, the skills challenge. He like replaced Porzingis. Like, how's he gonna shoot a three? He can't. Like, he can. That's like shooting free throws better this season. But, I mean, like, this is exaggeration, but that's like putting Clint Capella in a free throw. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. But you know, I I, yeah, I see I like what the, you're the saying. The Pistons and uh, the Jazz. Yeah, you know, my dark horse would probably be the Hornets. 
Um, I think they got a chance at making the playoffs. Right now, they're 23 and 33. They're going to have to go on a little bit of a run. They're six and a half games back of the Sixers. You know, I'm not going to pick them over the Sixers, but I think you know they have the opportunity there with Kemba Walker. You know, Dwight Howard's played pretty well this year. I, I just think you know if you're going to go to a team outside the Pistons, um, I think you got to go with the Hornets. But I definitely think the Pistons will be the biggest challenge for the Sixers making that playoff. Yeah, so I appreciate you guys really caring about how my how my life is going since I lost Porzingis for potentially the next year and a half. Well, you had a rough week last week. Oh, He's a Colts fan as well, so they lost Josh McDaniels. I mean. <laughs> oh, it was a, in, in the course of two hours. I got I got the notification that McDaniels was leaving, and then an hour later, Porzingis. Yeah, I saw your tweet. ACL. You're like, why is my life ending right oh, now? Oh, the worst. It was it was terrible, and so. You know, I'm not going to pick the Knicks to make the playoffs. I mean, they are, you know, what are how many games out are they? Let's see. They're about seven games out. Um, but I'm not playoffs? picking them. Yeah, yeah. I'm not picking them when well, you lose four Yeah, um, That was a team I Meanwhile, liked. the Sixers have won three in a row. Had, uh, had they, had Porzingis not hurt himself, which is just a big hypothetical, I would have liked to see the Knicks make some trade deadline moves. Yeah. But, like, now, it's obviously too late. Yeah, um, I'm glad to see that they're building for the future now instead. Eh. You know, traded for Moutier. Moutier is not really a future, is he? He had a solid debut. He uh, had a double-double. I want to say it was 14-10 and 10 the other night. He played alongside Natila Kina at the two. I like that young duo combination. Yeah, I do too. Um, I guess I we're know. going neither off of them. Neither of them can shoot, though. No, they can't. Neither of them can. It's very unfortunate. So how are you going to have, in a guard-dominant league, have two guards that you can't got shoot a, the same you got Porzingis who can put up 25 a game. You run the pick and roll with Moutier. Who knows if he'll be the same after 20 ACL. Exactly, yeah. I tr- I, don't. You're getting me scared, man. My, okay. Guys that tall with like injuries like that. Like, like I'm worried about Boogie Cousins, too. Scary. He's very explosive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's killer. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough. But um, just the Pelicans are the eight seed right now. Yeah. But like I like teams for a playoff that have like one spectacular player because sometimes like that's all you need to just win a couple games. Yeah. So they're the eight seed right now, so they're in the brace, but you know they're oh, the – how many games back? The Clippers are only one and a half games back, I'm looking at. And it's like when you have – like I would take the Pelicans over the Clippers to take that spot like simply because of Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my sleeper team, I guess, is the Jazz um, just simply based off the fact that, you know, they're hot right now. You could pr- arguably say that they're one of the hottest teams in the league. I mean, of, of course, yeah, you know, they were 19 and 28, you know, not too long ago. But, they, you know, at 500 right before the um, All-Star break. And I really like the upgrade for Jay Crowder. I thought that their one um, fatal flaw was the small forward position. You lose Gordon Hayward, you pay Joe Ingles, it doesn't pay out. You know, maybe you can slide Ingles back to the four a little. Jay Crowder, I think, is meant to be in a situation that's not like Cleveland, where you have, you know, your best player plays basically the same position as you. You know, mm-hmm. so now he can fit in, be that defensive guy in Utah, um, play alongside one of the brightest rookies um, in this in this class, and Donovan Mitchell. Ricky Rubio has, like, all of a sudden decided he can score 30 points. You know, he's had a great showing the past month. Um, I really think that, you know, if looking at the teams that are currently in the playoffs, um, I'd be nervous of Denver um, just because of inexperience and, and health. Um, they've, their big men have been banged up. Uh, Jokic and Millsap have both missed um, some extended time, so I'd be worried about losing two of your best players. Um, New Orleans, you know, they've just been falling apart. Um, Five and five in their last ten. It's not looking too great. Um, so I could see them slip out. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers and the Jazz took those final two spots. Yeah, you know it's gonna be interesting down the stretch. Uh, rest of the NBA season now that trade deadline's passed. Teams are pretty, you know, set in stone for the rest of the season. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Courtside Take. Real, real quick about the Jazz though. What I do like about sorry yeah, about that. No, you got it. Um, that every player like I like them because a lot of the players have just played with a chip on their shoulder. 
like Jay Crowder. You could tell by the way Donovan Mitchell plays. Yeah. He was just like a late uh, pick. Um, Rudy Gobert, you know, like he he's like he started to get recognition last season, but now he's injured again. People are questioning how much Definitely. he can do. These are guys like they just play hard, yeah. and like we're really start like they're winning games by playing hard. And yeah. like when you can do that. I think that's what will just give him the last push yeah. into the postseason. And they have a great coach. I love Quinn Snyder, um, his ability. What he did in Utah last year and what he's built the past few years is really impressive, um, in, in, especially in such a small market. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, they've really turned the corner nine straight now, So, and they just got Crowder. So, um, you know, I really like where that team's heading, and I, I think they got a nice chance at the playoffs. So that will do it for this week's <laughs> episode of Courtside Take. No, I'm just kidding. No, you got it. Um, yep. Thank you, Michael, for coming on. Yeah, uh, Blake, as always. Thanks for, you know, being co-host. Go, go, Knicks. The tank is on. I'm ready to lose every single game until the season is over. I want Luka Donich. Luka Donich. Yep, and go Sixers, you know, right in the playoff hunt. Eight seed right now, so going to take down the Celtics. Can the Knicks take trust the process now? Can that be our thing now that we've lost Porzingis? Can we just start saying trust the process in New York? No, no, that can't no, be yours. Sorry. Find something you else. Go get a Joel Embiid and then maybe I'll think about <laughs> yeah. it. All right, thanks for joining us, guys. Take See you care. next week.